It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, of course, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from this morning. And it's another Friday, yes, with the weekend looming up and the second day for June for 2023. And this morning we are back in Sydney and after experiencing a remarkable COVID property boom, Sydney's real estate market saw a slowdown and the decline in 2022. Of course, there were many that believed that this trend would continue in 2023, but there were people out there, including our next guest, who had a different perspective, Arjun Paliwell, Head of Research at Investigate Buyers Agency did actually predict that Sydney's recovery would begin at the start of the year. So let's bring you in, Arjun, because this morning we are going to be discussing the upcoming wave of growth for Sydney investors, providing valuable insights into the market's future. But here we are, June the 2nd. Hasn't the year gone by pretty fast? The year has gone by very fast, but what's made it a very, very interesting year has been how rough the year has been as well with all these interest rate increases, people watching these RBA notes more than ever, and then of course the sentiment shifts as well. So I'm sure many people are probably wanting to get this year done with more than anything. Now, you did this prediction where you could see what was going to be happening in 2023. So off the back of that prediction, it would be remiss of me not to ask you what you think is likely to happen on Tuesday, next Tuesday, as the RBA meets again and we're into this whole another round of whether or not it's going to rise, the cash rate or stay the same. What do you think? So what they should do and what they may do could be two different things. In terms of what they should do, they should keep things on hold. Watch the trends that are already forming continue to trend away in terms of inflation slowing. However, what they may do is they may do what they've done to date, which is, in my opinion, overshoot the cash rate and could lead to another increase in their opinion. All right, well, we'll come back to Arjun in just a moment, and we will be discussing this morning rental trends and whether they're poised to fuel the upcoming investment surge. That is all on the way. Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. We're on all of them. Know your property with us. And right now it's time for another property tip and let's go to the Gold Coast and good morning, Victoria. What have you got for us? Morning, Craig. Property tip for today is that communication is key. Be willing to work together. You've got your agent and the buyer and the seller make sure the agent is there to do their job, let them communicate all the offers on paper so you can see clearly and communicate that way so you can end up getting the best deal possible. Yes, that is some great advice. Thank you, Victoria. And if you are on the Gold Coast listening to us this morning, have yourself a fantastic Friday. Let's have a look at Sydney back in 1985. What was happening? Well, the Harbour Bridge had been celebrating its 50th anniversary a few years prior. The Opera House was 12 years old. Sydney was also a city of contrast at the time. The wealthy lived in luxury. 
luxurious apartments overlooking the harbour. While the poor struggle to make ends meet in overcrowded inner city suburbs, has, has anything really changed with regard to that? But despite its challenges, Sydney was still vibrant and it was attracting a lot of people at the time in 1985 into the city and the cultural melting pot was alive and well. Can you remember what you were doing in Sydney in 1985 if you lived there? Well, let's have a look at the birthday calls for June the 2nd. Happy birthday if you're celebrating. You're sharing it with Wentworth Miller, the American actor. He's turning 51. And Zachary Quinto, he played Spock in the reboot of Star Trek. He's turning 45. And also Dominic Cooper is turning 44, the English actor. It's the main centre forecast. And let's check on your Friday weather around the country. First, we do go to Sydney and expecting a mainly fine sunny day. Little bit of cloud cover and your high of 21. Melbourne, exactly the same. It should be mainly fine, some cloudy bits and 15 degrees. Brisbane, expecting mainly fine with 25. And in Perth today, WA, expecting the sunshine to continue and your top of 19 degrees. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. And we are back with Arjun Paliwell from Sydney to discuss the Sydney market. And Arjun, as we mentioned, you analysed Sydney's recovery. What were the key factors that enabled you to identify Sydney's turnaround? Well, the key factor was to do not with the pricing of money, which everyone was thinking is the only thing that's driving Sydney up or down. It is one of the biggest influences being interest rates because Sydney's far more sensitive to it with its level of debts and affordability ratios. But the main thing that helped me predict the actual recovery of Sydney ahead was the level of supply. You know, when it comes to Australia, we're seeing the same level of properties for sale as 12 years ago. Our population is substantially more than what it was 12 years ago. The second thing is downturns just don't typically last as long as upswings or as long as those flat periods. And this is the same thing I'd shared with you know News Corp and Yahoo Finance and a few others that this was the key case where downturns were starting to be met in terms of their length. The last thing though was that we were starting to see that the people felt price declines were coming to a point of value. So value being in the fact that it was 5, 10, 15% cheaper than this time last year to many people. So that was the initial few reasons, but there were more underlying reasons from there. Is this the same for the rest of the country? And, and could we see the widespread movements of markets? When it comes to the rest of the country, two thirds of the market, firstly, overall, had either peaked or was starting to flatten and decline. And so when you do look at the majority of the country, the short answer is yes, these trends are starting to show because the undersupply was rampant everywhere. But there are that one third of markets across Australia, which were already growing, and they've just continued to keep on keeping on essentially. And you mentioned that the rental conditions uh, played a significant role. How does the state of the rental market relate to the anticipated growth in house prices? Yeah, rental conditions are important because 
One thing many people are realizing is that when all the amount of competition exists in the rental market, it's not just a simple fact of rents going up. That is one component. But what rents do is they have many flow-on impacts. One is they make it more attractive for investors to want to invest. Two, they make it more attractive for investors to want to hold property, which therefore reduces resale properties. And then three is that it may increase frustration in the eye of the renter who may be on the fence of buying versus renting and may want to run those maths again and again and again to see what they can bring up to avoid this constant shift and being moved around with finances. Okay, so during the pandemic, rental prices, of course, they have experienced this uh, significant growth which you've talked about. Are there any notable standout trends that people can sort of take advice from or patterns that have occurred during this period? Yes, I've got some interesting data from CoreLogic, which is regarding the monthly volume of rental listings. That sort of standard floor or long-term trends have been around that 148,500 across the board. That's been that national listings of volumes for rent. Now, this number has come down substantially, and that's around 91,869 the last time this data came out. And so from that perspective, that is well below the decade averages. That's the first core trend to consider. The next core trend is that building approvals for houses are starting to come back down from their highs of home builder and units have been trickling down for many years from 2016, although they've spiked in recent times. And then when it comes to these rental trends, these sorts of things will start to change the supply, which therefore increases rents as well. Now, the final thing to share is standout locations. Sydney is definitely one with rents recovering pretty quickly. But another thing to consider is the actual locations across Australia where the rents have risen a lot since the pandemic. And in particular, regional South Australia and Queensland, so Barossa Valley, Toowoomba, even Bundaberg and surrounds. But the Perth, Adelaide, Queensland, these have been the three stories of the biggest rental gains since the pandemic first hit. And they're likely to obviously shape value gains over the long term as well. That's interesting. And despite, of course, the rental growth, interest rates remain, as you say, a key factor as they can potentially lead to costs outweighing rental income, which, of course, is something that investors are only too familiar with. So how does that dynamic impact the overall situation right at the moment for 2023, do you think? This is the most important fact. So whilst all this huge amount of rental growth is brewing, all these yields are increasing on property prices. The truth here is that it's not showing up in the eyes of the buyer. And by that, I mean the clouds above people's minds are the fact that housing repayments have increased so much due to mortgage rates increasing that you're not feeling the net effects of this growth of rent as much. And so as an investor or as a buyer, you're still not feeling it. And that's important to note because the rental trajectory long-term in Australia keeps going up, but interest rates aren't this trajectory that keep going up. In fact, since the 80s, the trajectory has been down. They've had zigzags, ups and downs to have cycles of inflation or economic changes, but the actual trend of long-term interest rates has been down. So when you factor that in, we have a dark cloud above everyone's minds of actual rental cash flow. 
Now, the smart and savvy investors are buying properties, recognizing that this interest rate cycle is not here forever. But this rental cycle is not going away anytime soon. It's a problem we could see for years. So if you're buying a property where the yields are improving due to prices being flat and rents rising and rents continue to rise, all it will take is that that dark cloud to disappear being mortgage interest rates. And then suddenly you're sitting on some pretty healthy cash flow and in turn likely to see some growth as well when people return to the markets off the back of that cloud disappearing. Very important piece to consider for the future of investors. All right, so there you go. Plenty of advice coming through on your Friday morning, the 2nd of June from Arjun Paliwell this morning from Investikit Buyers Agency. Arjun, have a great Friday. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend, and appreciate it. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 